welcome to Thoughts and Confessions. I got Jason with me today. How are you, man? What up, my brother? What up? What up? I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit. Uh, how was the word I'm looking for? Tired. I'm over. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend. You know, quarantining and shit. <laughs> Is it still as heavy, or you got used to it now? Now that it's been almost two months. Um, let me be honest, man. Um, I think I'm used to it, but there are moments where I start, you know, that whole stir craziness kicks in. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Like, I, I I, think this is something that I can, you know, I'm not saying that you could do for the rest of my life or whatnot, but it's something that I've gotten used to faster than I thought I would have, to be, to be completely you honest. You underestimated yourself. Yeah, I did, man. So, Yo, so I, can I ask you a question, though? Yeah, yeah, please. And all honestly, how much weight did you gain? Because I've been seeing you cook every fucking day. And those are like three, four course meals and stuff. Yo, for real? I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually have been maintaining the same weight. Um, because anyways, I still kind of do, I still do intermittent fasting, right? Okay. So, we're like, even though, yes, I do, I, it does look like, you know, the meals are heavy and everything like that, big, like, I legit, I'm not really eating anything for breakfast. If I do, if I do have like breakfast, if I do try to like kind of what quote unquote, like cheat, like it's a smoothie that I'm having, um, you know, drinking lots of water throughout the day. I'll be honest. I got a little bit lazy with the exercise for last week. Um, but well, I, I, I reached a milestone that I was trying to do. I wanted to make it to 40 days straight of meditation, right? Like 20 minute meditation. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Like, yo, I got some crazy meditation stories to tell you, but like, that's probably going to a different podcast. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> I, I, I need Rosie and Paula to be there for them to freak out. You went I, deep. You went story. deep. Bro, I went deep. Like, legit deep. Like, I've ne- like it's to the point where I got scared, you know? Um, wow. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was something, man. Like, the wife was there to see, like, some of this shit. And it was... It, it, does she it meditate was. with you? Yeah, she does. She does. Okay. Um, that's something that, like, generally, I, I reserve that for myself, like mm-hmm. meditation. Um, but as an exercise, like, during this whole, you know, pandemic thing, I, I, I thought it would be a good idea for us to, like, you know, like, start spending time together in that sense as well, right? Because um, mm-hmm. people, I think people spend a lot of time talking to each other, mm-hmm. but they don't spend enough time, like, not to say, like, in silence, but, like, you know, like, being reflective with one, with one another. So with that being said, she actually embarked on the same uh, journey with me with regards to the meditation. And, you know, we both accomplished finishing like the 40 days of meditation. Straight. And is she living um, the same experiences as you or similar? No, no. Okay. Um, like it's different. It's different for everyone else. You know, um, mine's been super unique to, to, to me. Cause you're and special. It's not even that man. Like, you know, not even that. Like I wouldn't say I, I, I hate, I hate special. I hate those shit like that. Like, I've, I've spoken to it about, like, some people who are, like, really avid people who, like, really do meditate and they know, like, they know this shit. And I'm, I'm a novice, man. You know, I say, I say, I call myself lucky. You know, I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not special or whatever. It just, it just so happened that that happened with me, that particular experience. But anyways, I reached, a, we reached, like, the 40 days, 41 days, actually. We actually broke the 40 day mark, like, last week and, um, last Sunday. And, you know, we, we just took a break because I think with everything in life, you know, sometimes you do need to have like some sort of a balance, right? So, of course. You know, I told myself, you know what? I had a little bit of a, I guess, 
a reprieve or or just you know to 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 refocus again. Let me take a week off, which I did. But that week off also constituted in me taking the week off of uh, working out. Okay. I didn't even plan on it. It just happened. And also, I didn't cook as much last week as I as I usually do. So I think my whole my whole focus shifted, and I lost my um, you know, my, my I guess my drive, you just my motivation. Took a break. You just took a break. Yeah, I know, but like it didn't, it didn't. The break was only supposed to be for the meditation, not everything else. It's just that I find like that discipline that I had for myself, that I created for myself, mm-hmm. it went away once I dropped the meditation. Now I don't want to say going forward I need meditation in order to stay disciplined. That's not true. But it was a part of a routine that I made, right? Yes. Yeah, so Wake up in the morning. You're a creature you of know? habit. And, and usually, I'm usually I'm I'm not. But mm-hmm. the meditation made me that. Okay. If that if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah you know. For sure. Cause, yeah, because I'm definitely man. If any, if you know me, I'm not a creature of habit. I'm like all over the place. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, I don't need things to be the same way. I don't have like OCD like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not my it's not for me. But like I said. Like waking up in the morning, you know, first thing that we do, no looking at phones, no none of this, you know, getting straight into the meditation, breathing exercises, different type of techniques, you know, and then like from that, you know, we're like planning out how our day is going to be, you know, then I go exercise this and that. And just, I guess, taking the week off from the meditation, just do everything else off whack. But whatever, I think it was still necessary and I think it was still needed, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can, uh, I can get that. Yeah, so, so that being said, you know, that I think that helped a lot in terms of helping me um, understand, you know, I guess my current role and current situation with regards to this whole like lockdown pandemic, right? And just let me let, let like you said, it kind of lets you know what you're capable of doing. You know, you you know, we sell ourselves short like every day. Yeah. Uh, we think that we need certain things. We think that we like you know. Just because it's something that was a part of our lives, we, we figure like, hey, man, I'm, I'm entitled. It, it fucking humbled me, bro. Like, it really did. Um, for sure, there are moments like I miss certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. Miss being able to just say, hey, like, let's go take a stroll, like, you know, through the old port or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you miss those things. You know, sometimes I didn't like taking the car. I'd take, I'd take the metro. Like, some, in, in the summer on Sundays, I like taking the metro and going down, you know, to the old port or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know? And, like, it's just stuff like that that, you know, I'm going to, you know, obviously miss. The social now. side of it all, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, seeing, observing people, you know? Seeing people, shit like that. Um, but slowly, but surely, with the nice weather now, everything is reopening slowly, but it's not opening like it used to be open, right? You have to follow air rules, yeah. two meters and stuff like that. I guess it's like everything that happened the last two months. We'll have to get used to that, too. And I think we we can, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if, 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 if history has shown for good or bad, you have to be honest with ourselves, humans have always gotten used to whatever that was put, you know, in front of them. But we're you know what I mean? that adapt very well. It, yeah, exactly. Because, right, adaptation and survival go hand in hand, right? Exactly. Well, it is, adaptation is survival, basically, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So, you know, it's just that some people are a little bit more resistant to, you know, to, to adapting. But, but, because you know. the, sad, the sad part about it is those who are having most difficulty with all this yeah. is the people that are focused too much on the negative. I agree. I and agree. And those who are not necessarily happy with who they are or where they're at in life. That's true, man. Again, That's true. because if you, if you can settle for less in the sense that if less can make you happy, more could just add to that happiness, right? 
Now, so, you know, what? I wish a lot of people, I know I said, like, mm-hmm. I wish a lot of people would look at things like that, like in that, in that sense, that light, you know, because yeah, I but remember. They to, but they have to be in that state of mind. If they're not that type of people that always find that, you know, something happens to them and they're like, oh, I'm unlucky or, oh, yeah. I'm a victim of this. Because we're in a generation of victims, right? Everybody's a victim. Some way or somehow. Unlucky, jealousy, racism, sexism, whatever that might be. And at one point, I'm like, okay, now you can see it one way, you can see it the other. Like, I always keep on putting that metaphor of the cup half full, half empty. I'm like, just see it through an African point of view. You're lucky you have a cup. (laughs) And that's how I see it, right? So if I'm still okay, I'm still living, right? I can do something about it. Now, again, some people have bigger ambitions than others each their own. Yeah, I, I realize that people are very creative when they're put in a corner because they have to keep <laughs> on creating or keeping busy and stuff like that. And there's others where there's this whole thing and we talked about it to me and Paul on last the podcast where people are stuck on the past and now everybody's yeah. putting those old school pictures on the beach and this is where I yeah, want to be. Yeah, I remember that part. And, I remember that part in the podcast. I remember when you, yeah. Exactly. Like, so that was my biggest instead issue. of like I remember you mentioning instead of like putting what about pictures of of now you know what exactly. I mean of of you at this point in time in this in this in this very moment. But that's why you I know? like that's why I like so much the fact that you're putting you know your cooking and your that's what you're doing right now. This is who you yeah. are right now. There's people. It is, that yeah, I have, this is this version of me, this iteration of me that started is, painting, started meditation, started yoga, yeah. started stuff like that. And oh, again, if you want to share, share. If you don't want to share, don't share. That's each their own. That's but, it. Of but course. Stuck to the past of oh, I wish I was there, but you're not gonna be there. Forget you're not that. gonna be there. Exactly. Like, forget about it. Move on. Do something. That, do something you can do. Because what is that doing for you? If you are like, you know, talking about, oh, I wish, I it's wish, I wish. It's not making you happy, oh, that's for sure. It's not making you happy. Exactly. You're putting yourself in a state of, you know, of at some point, you can even say maybe depression might be a hard, a harsh term to use. But it's but going towards can, that. Yeah, you can put yourself in a depressed state if you're only worrying about or thinking about what you don't have or what you had. So like mm-hmm. you said, it's not in our control currently right now. So might as well make the best of what we're in, the situation that we're in. And, you know. Look, I, I don't like hearing things, saying things like, you know, improve yourself, make yourself better, blah, blah, blah. I ain't no freaking motivational speaker. But if you can do things to entertain yourself, you know what I mean, and make yourself happier, then why not make yourself happier? You know what I mean? No, exactly. Making yourself better has nothing to do, you know, use your skills, blah, blah, blah. You know I mean, I don't give a fuck who my skills are for. You know what I mean? My shit's for me. No, but that's what I'm saying. So, okay, but you have to take it to maybe the first degree. You went a little bit far, meaning that, okay, so you cooked I always go far. You know me. I'm too extreme sometimes. (laughs) So you cooked already, right? Before the whole COVID and stuff. absolutely. Now I can say say maybe with pretty much certitude here that your skills got better because you've been practicing more. You can. Absolutely. Absolutely. that's That's where I think that quote was trying to go at, meaning that if you can evolve and get better at something no matter what it might be even bad just tried something because i was making fun of a friend of mine last week about this because he was like you're so present on social media i'm like actually i'm not that much but i've learned a lot more about social media because mm. i've been trying new things on social media this whole life thing is new to me and i'm getting the psychology behind it you know oh, keeping, keeping people's attention longer than five minutes is really hard on social media there's 20 Absolutely. million people doing it, but now some are better than others. But how do you define what's better? How do you keep them and stuff like that? So there's the whole psychology behind it. 
And I realized that I'm busier now that I'm stuck home than when I used and to you've be. Been before. Yeah, because and, and you used to be a pretty busy guy in general. Yeah, but that's it. But before it was like I had my job and then I had time to chill with my friends and socialize, right? Yeah, but as, when you were socializing with your friends, you were always creating events. That's it. But it was events for us, right? Now I'm yeah. you know, helping other companies and stuff like that. And people are like, but why are you doing all this? I'm like, I'm not even doing this for money. Zero money. I don't even want money. No. I'm eliminating the money out of this. I'm doing this for them. It's just my gift That's to it. people. I'm like, listen, I'm stuck home, but if I can help anybody, give a helping and, hand. You know, to a certain extent, I don't know, like you're doing it for you too. And when I say you're doing this for you, because it helps raise your vibration. You know what I mean? So it helps put you, like in terms of, I'm not saying like, you're, you're doing it for like any type of gratification because clearly you're not, mm-hmm. but it's some, it's gratifying inside. I don't know what, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say, like in the sense of like, well, you know, it feels good when you know that you're able to help someone, you know, and you're helping that person without any type of, you know, I don't need a thank you. I don't need, no, I don't no, need money, definitely. you know, but you feel good when you're able to, you know, like to, to able to, to help someone or whether it's giving advice or, yeah, you know, yeah whatever it is you know but keep in mind this came from an angry place because i was hearing a lot of people complain nobody's there to support me nobody's here to help me everybody says yeah. family and stuff like that and i was like okay i was paying attention and i was like maybe i could do more and then yeah, at the but end, it still it still came from even though it came from anger it was birthed from anger oh yeah, yeah. but the intentions were good no no definitely my intentions are, they cannot be any purer than this in the sense that yeah. i'm doing this really to help and whoever needs help Give me a holla. I got no problem with that whatsoever. The thing is... Got a dollar holla, baby, you know? <laughs> if you don't, well, we'll put it on credit. Don't worry. I got you. You know, no, but that's it. It's, it's, it's a plan that works for today, tomorrow, next week, next month. Again, I'll do what I can, and that's that. But it's good to help people because I find that it's people that are less stressed now or happier makes you happy. Yeah, of course. And if everybody did because a little bit, it would do a big chain reaction. I agree. And what you said is important. People that are less stressed make you happy. Why? Because this is something that like I've been doing a lot more lately is like people who, because you know, you always have those friends or know those people or have those acquaintances that mm. always constantly bitch. Okay. Now, when they're always bitching, they're always complaining. That's taking an emotion. That's an emotional investment on you that you're absorbing, especially if you're the one who's sitting there and listening at, at all times. So you need to do yourself a favor and say, hey, hold on. I got, I'm going to give you some options right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should try this, 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 this. Now, take what I said. If you don't want to utilize it, that's fine. However, I don't want to hear you go on about this same exact thing anymore for the fifth or sixth consecutive time because right now, <laughs> unfortunately, you're emotionally abusing me. You know what I'm saying? Because like I'm, I'm taking on your energy. People need punching bags. I agree, and that's okay as long. I'm, I agree with someone being able to express themselves. Mm-hmm. People are allowed to be frustrated. I don't think we should dwell on our frustration. I think once we, you know, you 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 give someone that part of frustration, and that person takes on that, and they give you in turn. You know, uh, uh, and uh, whether it be a solution that works for you or not, I think it's on you at that point to say, you know what? Yes, thank you so much. I know it's heavy what I just put on you, but I appreciate what you gave. And then try and move forward, you know, but people aren't that self-conscious or even care, I think, enough. They just want to unload and load and load 
without looking at what the toll is that they're taking on you at this point in time, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, I think if, if you can help someone, like, whether it's coming from a place of being selfish, being angry or whatever, it, it still has the same, you know, it's just, it's, you're still getting to the same, the same goal at the end of the day, right? Just yeah. alleviating that stress and helping that person. I'm like, we live in a society, might as well help each other. But my trick, my trick, honestly, to being more positive and more less affected by all this negative around me is very simple. It's, you know, the expression counting your blessings? Yes, sir. So I always start by the positive and go towards the issue that I have. So I'm saying, you know, I'm healthy. I have two healthy kids, well-raised kids i have a good relationship with my parents with the mother of my kids and stuff like that i have a business and then you go so forth and so forth and then you go to the negative but once yeah. you pass all the positive the negative is going to feel a little bit lighter that and another good exercise that i would probably like suggest to people doing now it doesn't work in every case but as long as you can try to apply it i think it works is exactly what you said I always look at the positives. I look at the blessings. I look at everything that's working for me. And then I look at the negative, what's not working. And those negatives that I have that's not working, I'm looking to see, okay, how do I turn those, like when they say, like sometimes they say about a job, mm-hmm. you got pros and cons. How do you turn a con into a pro? So I'm going to list those negatives. Take a look at those negatives and see, okay, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. How do I get from here, this level of when I'm feeling like legit shit because of this reason, like, let's say, for example, i.e., for me right now, I'm not working out, right? Uh, it, it's a very basic negative, but it's still a negative for me, yeah. right? So how am I going to reduce that feeling of feeling like shit and get back into what I need to do? All right, set days. Monday, I'm going to try this. Wake up, do 10 push-ups. All right, an hour later, increase, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't think people try to find solutions or try to find a way to turn a con into a pro. So I think that's something that we need to start doing more. But the thing is, okay, so I believe, sadly, that you stepped, you jumped about three steps. Because you're, you're, take, you're taking for granted that people are able to confront and know the reality of themselves. I know. I know. And I know I do that often. No, because um, you're already there. But, and that's the thing. So I realized that first because... But oh, when I'm with people who aren't there, I know. I, I, the thing is, I, right now I'm talking because I'm talking from my own personal yeah, yeah, exactly. experience, right? And but I understand when I'm with exactly someone, what you're saying. Yeah, and when, but when I'm with someone who's not there, I tailor my approach, right? I'm, I'm obviously less aggressive. I'm more like, I'm going to be more, because I want you to be able to be secure in yourself. So I'm going to take those step, those layered approaches like you were saying. But yeah, for now, it's true. It's not very, it's not, um, I don't think it's responsible of me right now to actually skip those steps. But you're right. That's, no, because, uh, yeah. because I see it through Instagram and I see, okay, so insecurities, right? Everybody has their own insecurities. Some people Absolutely. just focus on them. And like I said yeah. yesterday when I was talking to you, the most, let's just say, let's just say pretty people. Right, the prettiest yeah. people are the more insecure for the simple fact is they're getting compliments constantly, and the bar mm-hmm. is so high that that one day they wake up and don't feel that they're at that standard. <laughs> yeah, they're put through more pressure. Now, some people see it as a challenge. They're like, okay, so how can I raise the bar? And others are like, oh, I'm a loser, and they focus on the negative. Now, people, I'm generalizing here again. 20s, early 30s right now, what I'm seeing on social media is validation. They're looking Absolutely. for validation. But Everybody's looking for likes and, and shit, right? Exactly. But the thing is, validation should start with you. If, Absolutely. If, 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 you, if you can't validate yourself first, 
How but, do you expect people to validate you? But here's the problem, my man. Here's the problem. So the reason why that's going to come later in life is because when we're from time, from birth, right, we're being told, oh, you're so cute. Oh, you're so this. Oh, you're so that, right? So that starts at home, right? And then from, so in your mind already, you're being, you're, you're already conditioned to think that, you know what, if someone, like I'm getting quote unquote kudos and props for being cute or for having a nice outfit or this or that as a little kid. When people take me out and people stop me and they say, oh my God, look at that outfit. Look at this, look at that, right? So it's already, you're already pre, you're already conditioned to believe that these are things that you need in life. And these are things that are part of our social structure that's going to help propel me forward, right? Mm -hmm. So that's first stage. Second stage, high school, wherever, college, wherever you want to go at that point in time is in order for me to get the, that mate that I want or that person that I want to hook up with, you know, I need to look a certain way. It continues into them. And then, unfortunately, when you're getting into your 20s and 30s, your, your 20s, 30s and shit like that, you're already at this point where that whole self-validation thing, is, it doesn't, you don't even know where to start because you're relying on everyone else to validate you, to validate your worth. Now, we're talking in terms of the, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote pretty and good-looking motherfuckers out there, right? We're not talking about the ugly ducklings or whatever you want to yeah. say. Cause then they learn how to self-validate through skill, through their, you know, through everything else, through reading, through whatever it is. Because unfortunately and fortunately at the same time, they, they weren't propelled in that same light. They, weren't, they, weren't, they didn't have that pressure, quote-unquote, to always have to, you know, be looking cute or whatever or this or that. So they say, you know what, fuck it. I got me, myself, and I. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I know it sounds a little bit crude. It sounds a little bit raw. But however, it is just the way that I, that I see it. And I think the whole cause, the root cause of this always starts with, you know, just people. Because how we are. We're so fucking, so materialistic. We're so, like, and we're the same way, dude. Like, let's say, for example, you see, a, like, a super cute chick. You're looking at her from the outside, right? Yeah. And then you see a, a, a less attractive girl. You know, your first instinct is to holler at the super cute chick, right? However, you know, you don't know what you're missing in terms of substance for that other girl until you actually talk to her. But, you know, most people don't. But it's seen in the animal kingdom constantly, right? Yeah. Every animal, every, every species that procreates usually gets attracted by a light, a color, a feather, yeah. a weight, yeah. a size. So it's mostly visual or Agreed. even a smell, right? And then the humans go a little bit deeper. Now, for sure, if you have an okay friend or whatever, because beauty fades, right? Absolutely. But the thing is, before it fades, it attracts. Yeah. So, well, you know, that's how you, that's, 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 that's whole survival Exactly. You know. So again, I'm not going to criticize the pretty. I'm not going to downgrade the ugly. That's not at all. He, I mean, not no, here we're for not this. here for that. Yeah, exactly. we're not here for that. I'm just saying that, yes, I could probably be happier with a less cuter girl, but with somebody that has brains, personality, character, whatever. But to get to that, they need to find a way to attract my attention. Yeah. So like, like I said, in the animal kingdom, when the female is in her season to mate... She does everything to attract the male. Uh, vice versa, too. Exactly. Right? No, no, but yeah, yeah. but for sure. So the, we're going to do, we're going to step up, you know, try to vice look good. Versa. Shout out to vice versa, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other podcast. Anyway, 
So that's the thing, and that's natural. Now, I'm not going to be ashamed of it. It doesn't make me a bad person because I see her and I find her pretty. Or And again, what's pretty for me, could not necess- it's not necessarily pretty for you. Just what Amen to that, brother. Because I remember back in the day, a big booty people. Oh, my God. I remember all you white boys back in the day. <laughs> all you white boys, uh, he got a fat ass. Ew. And then, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> brother will see a little something with a little bit of meat on there. You know, be like, God damn. Yeah, but the white, the white man gets influenced constantly. He does. He does. He's being sold on everything. If you look at the, the, the evolution of women, model women for the white man, right? You know, the models in the 90s, skinny, anorexic. Yeah, blonde. I remember. I and remember. All of I a sudden, now all of a sudden, because I'm guessing because, and again, the hip-hop culture. The, they take the flow of what's cool, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So now the standard is a Nicki Minaj booty or a Kim Kardashian booty or whatever like that. And it's Even funny. though, guys, I'm going to be honest, that, that's not my standard, but hey, whatever. No, but again, that's what you're seeing everywhere now. The, but yeah. People are following, people are doing plastic surgery for that. Yeah, people are fucking like putting their lives at risk for that shit. Exactly. So, I honestly don't know what's next on that spectrum. <laughs> so, Man, I don't know either. I'm curious to know what's next. Uh, actually, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But we'll see what's the new hip-hop trends or the American trends or whatever because they have tendency of influencing mostly. You know, I wonder, I wonder how much longer that's going to last because now, like, on the global stage, a lot of people are seeing, like, before we all knew, like, the faults of American and American culture, but now it's becoming, like, overly, like, it, 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 it's undeniable, right? Um, so at some point, we all know that they're going to, like, the whole Pax Americana that we're living in right now, it's going to end. Because we're seeing the cracks, you know, that are that are seeping through. They're no longer being viewed as that. Especially because they put all their money into military, right? They're like, military might is what makes us. But unfortunately, right now, you're seeing, we're in a situation where, with this whole global pandemic, military might is not what's right. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. remove you remove the money that was in, like, you know, your, in, in your healthcare system, money that you should be putting towards, like, schools, money that you should put, yeah, towards education, like, towards the, the actual essential workers so and you stuff think, like that. So you think that's going to be the downfall of the United States? I think it's a part of it, and I think it's the beginning of, so as you have the crescendo, okay. I think it's the, the beginning of the descent. So let me give of, you the other side that, of that. I think that's going to make the states rise higher. I'm curious to know how. Okay, so it's pretty simple. So they have a big population, right? They're at 600 million. Of course, million they're dying out. And most Sorry. of them that are dying are the weak and old. Yet the rich, the smart, are still being healthy. Oh, well, here, that's funny because I had a conversation with a friend about that in terms of where they're, they're, so, they're so, so much in a hurry to reopen things and they want to reopen things in targeting areas where you have a lot of minorities and you have a lot of poor like poor people so yeah, the, 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 the classism of course they want to have that whole herd immunization and everything like that you want to open up barber- like that's what I don't understand what all these MAGA supporters they don't understand what they're doing right now like they're thinking it's about their civil liberties and their civil freedom oh I need to get a haircut what the fuck that's why this is it this is- I've legit seen people like protesting they need haircuts and shit like that so 
What you don't understand is you're putting yourself at risk. You're gonna kill yourselves out. You're gonna you're basically gonna eliminate. Yeah, but, you know, but not the most right. important people. And sad and sorry to say this when I mean but important people. Unfortunately, they're gonna be. Um, they're uh, gonna be um, because, because you motherfuckers want to go get a haircut. They're gonna unfortunately be other people who are gonna be thrust into those situations because but they don't want to be in it. But they don't have the means. To you know, to, to 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 stay above it or to stay out of it, you're opening it up back to the workforce. The man who's at home, who has like you know three or four kids, he has no and he's not getting any more government support. But in his state, they're reopening it, and they're like, "Well, we're not giving support, so you got to go back to work." He's going to be working alongside that motherfucker who just didn't give any shit or don't doesn't believe in the pandemic, and he's going to get sick. He goes home, gets his wife and gets sick. Yeah, so but... that's my issue. But again, what's the casualty, man? What, what you don't get, what I'm trying to say here. So, do you know the expression, an army is as strong as its general? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, they don't need a million of soldiers. They just need the strong soldiers, right? That's yeah, how the that. whole American thing came about. So, imagine now that all these old people and all these weak people die, right? But so, it's not just them. No, no, but. Right now, there are cases of healthy people that are yes, dying right yes, now but, as well. But that's that's what we call in the most American way collateral damage. <laughs> no, but it is. It's part. I of, get it. It's part of a but, war. But, and now I know what the government wants to do, but my beef is with the people who refuse to see it. No, but pe- people are pawns. You sacrifice when you play chess. You sacrifice pawns for the greed of the I king know. and the queen. Yeah, and course, the thing is, people that think that this is going to be the downfall of the United States, I find it ironic because after all this is done. Now people will listen even more to the government because they're going to be like, yo, when they warn us, we should listen. Because the people Yeah, but here's the difference. I, I don't know if, you, if, if you're noticing it as well, but it's, it's conflicting with regards to the government in the U.S. alone. So you yeah, have but, Trump yeah, who's, try, who's telling everybody that he wants to reopen everything, and then you have governors and you have other heads of state who are saying no, no, no. So people right now are actually even more confused because they, the government is not aligned. Though. If I would understand, I would okay. agree with you if the government was aligned on what they're all, with all the bullshit that they're putting out. They're not aligned. Okay, so you know in the art of war, they say you divide to yeah. conquer? Of course. Okay, so the evolution, the modern version of that is you confuse to conquer or you distract to conquer. So now what's I think going- distraction is probably the better, the better one. Come again? Because... I think distraction is probably the better choice. No, but as you're distracting, you're confusing, right? Because there's so much information, different distractions here and there. At one point, you don't even know what's true and what's not. And that's about it. So, Well, distraction and confusion is kind of different. I understand what you're trying to say, but distraction is like, hey, look over there. While I'm, and what Trump is doing right now, currently, is during this whole pandemic, and everybody's distracted by that, he's putting through even tougher immigration laws. Right? No, no, but okay, so, so, so that's the distraction. That's distraction. The, the, confusion, that's the, the confusion is, yeah, don't worry about it. No, you should worry about it. You should take this drug. No, yeah, not this drug. We have to wait for the vaccine. So this is confusing people. That is confusing. So I agree. when people are sitting down and actually trying to have an educated conversation, they can't even anymore. Add to that the whole theory about the 5G and this, this, and that. All these theories are Don't out. talk to me about 5G. Again, <laughs> I don't even know if it's true or not, but at this point, oh, no, no. I, I don't care. <laughs> No, I have a lot of friends that are really, really into it. And again, I'm yeah. like, all right, so if it is what it is, the 5G or whatever the case might be, you know that not everybody's going to die. So we know that for a fact. Humanity will survive. 5G is only legit like in three actual countries. 
right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's, again, that's but, but people want to believe what they want to believe because they I have know, to put explanations or conspiracy theories behind it all. So that's of what course. I meant by the confusion and the distraction. So they're distracting you with, you know, most most of the times in the United States, they distract you with celebrities, movies, sports, and these little gossip. And they can't stuff. do that now. They can't do it right now. So now they're confusing you. Now there's just the information is like, oh, look at China. They're lying. Their numbers are not true. Oh, look, Italy. Most of them are dying. Oh, United States. Yeah, there's this and that, but we're going to start opening. We're going to start opening certain states. And I'm like, okay, these invisible borders between states exist in Trump's head. And Trump is really good at confusing people because <laughs> he, he's a mess, but he's a g- smart mess. And that's why he's going to be reelected again. Uh, it's organized chaos for this guy. It's organized chaos when it comes to But that's it. But that's it. So you conquer through chaos. And that's why that's why I meant, you know, you confuse, you distract, and you conquer. And the thing is slowly but surely the American nation hate him or love their president, yet have to follow. Yet have to assume certain things. And the Democrats are chickens without a head right now. Because they don't have a real leader. They're they're spineless is what they are. Yeah. Well, spineless again. They they tried everything. They were desperate. Everything was badly. The made. reason why I'm saying they're spineless is because you know you have someone. Well, okay, I can't even say I'm not American. I don't give a shit. At the end of the day, I am but, America. But I'm, <laughs> America. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying like you had twice, twice over. You fucked over Bernie Sanders, like twice, not once. First time with with, with Hillary. Second time they're doing the same shit with Jason, with, with, Jason, uh, with Jason, Biden. Let me just cut you off right now. Do you actually see America being a socialist country? No, like, like that the whole but country was based on <laughs> multi-millionaires. That's it. So how I do, know that that's never. But how, how are you supposed to be a party? Right, we're talking about the Democratic Party here. Who we do have to come on, even if we don't we don't want to say we do have to associate them with socialism. How are you supposed to be that type of party? And you know, not condone. Well, not not condone, but but not um, push forward the one who actually is talking about social socialist values. You know what I mean? Like, how are you supposed to re- be representative of that party yet not want the the the, the best? In my opinion, uh, once again, I'm saying this is my opinion. The best candidate to put his foot forward because you know you, we say that about America, but you never know given. When people like people, how people were fed up with the whole traditional political structure, and they went for Trump because they were sick and tired of everyone just being, you know, so proper, so this, so that, and they felt like this guy is coming in with truth, right? Mm-hmm. But we never knew something like that would ever happen. Nobody ever knew that, like you know, like a, a fucking reality TV star mogul. Who you know went bankrupt? Well, of well the, Simpsons, of the Simpsons predicted it. What fifteen years <laughs> yeah. ago? Yeah, Simpsons. You know they predict. I think they're just uh, pretty much it's like playing dice. You know, what I mean, at some point you're gonna probably hit the bullseye. No, because they you went in I mean? the absurd. They went in the ridiculous, and that's what exactly. everything became. Who who would have thought that Bush Junior would have been reelected? Yet he was. Uh, it's. I think that's different though, because he was still part of a of um. A machine, you know what I mean? Like his family, a family legacy. Uh, they have obviously money. But, but Trump to is, But Trump is part of a machine. It's not the but same. He's not, usual but he, the machine. thing is, he did it not exactly. He was still a, he was a cog in the machine at the same time because he did, he destabilized the whole political landscape and the whole political structure. 
of what we think or what we thought politics was supposed to be about. Uh, you know I, what call, I, mean? I call it bullshit because originally he was a Democrat, right? When oh, he's, no, no, motherfucker. He was a he was an independent. He was a Democrat. He was he was whatever he needed to be. be. Exactly my point. Now here, what's interesting is he is the face of all all those multinational, multi-billion-dollar corporations that Absolutely. couldn't necessarily control the puppet of politics in that way. Of so, course. So he went in with the money. It's like Bloomberg, where he fucked up. He came in too late. If he would have came in, you a little think bit Bloomberg early, fucked up because he came in too late? Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Plus, add his little reputation. But again, Donald hey, Trump. That's what I was gonna say. Nobody, nobody. Li- Apparently, people just don't like Bloomberg. Yeah, but who you liked know? who liked Trump? He actually. But well, hold on. Before he became president, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Like a lot of people, I mean, we're talking about. I mean, once again, talk about the hip hop community. There were songs, yeah. you know, about you know, being like Donald Trump. He was involved with those. Ed- the same person that all, that's bashing him like vehemently now, Snoop Dogg, used to hang out with Trump. Yeah, but you know, you know why mean? they're bashing him? Because he used them as a pedestal. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. At this point in time, people actually like Trump. They don't like Bloomberg, but they actually like Trump until he showed his true colors. Oh, so, yeah. you know. No, but that, I'm, that's I'm, I'm, I'm figuring if, uh, what's his name, uh, Will Smith decides to go for president, I'm sure he has a really good chance of winning. Oh, he has a great chance. You get it? Uh, if uh, Elon Musk would go for it, or the guy from Amazon, I'm pretty much sure. The Bezos? Yeah. I don't think Bezos will have a good chance, but I think Musk will have a good chance. No, the only guy I think had would have a really bad chance would be the Facebook guy, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, Zimmer. my God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. But the Amazon guy, he looks well, normal. Well, like people kind of see him in the same light, in the sense of, and also he the fact that, you know, Amazon's not getting, sorry? He didn't steal any information. No, he's not stealing information. But what I'm saying in terms of, you know, that high elite guy who is not like down to earth because he doesn't get, he gets tax breaks. Like Amazon's not taxed like any other company. Like, and that's one thing that that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? With the, them being billionaires and the tax break that they're getting is super ridiculous. And, and Amazon is known for that, right? So Jeff Bezos is known for that. Sorry, quote unquote. So uh, the, the American people, I don't think they see Jeff Bezos in the same light as you would see like, you know, someone like a, like a, you know, like an Elon Musk or whatever, you know what I mean? Elon Musk is still championing for the people. And we know that, you know, even though he's a douche about it sometimes, but you know, everybody needs a Tony Stark. You know what I mean? And it's who he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So Tony he's Stark's Tony for president. Stark. Jeff Bezos is like, uh, who can I say? Like, like who's, who's someone who's like a hero, but you just don't like him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, God, can't stand that guy. You know what I mean? That's, in my opinion, that's what it is. But that's it. I mean, it's not like we're going to have any impact on fucking <laughs> American no, culture. No, we can no. sit here as observers on the sidelines and watch it trickle down. No, but we're just pawns. And that's what I'm saying. So it, all this is dripping and falling over everyday society and every people's ambitions and goals and, you know, imagery of richness and this, this and that. And it's overlapping on everything, right? So the the whole Trump thing was a TV reality. Now he's a president. And then the whole Kanye West thing. And then Kanye West, Kim K. Kim K gets, you know, gets all those influencing people, millions of people. And then you see it on Instagram and on Facebook. And then the kids of the kids and the kids of the kids. So it's like a virus. And then at the end of the day, it's like... American culture is is a virus. Yeah, and it's a global virus. It affects it people all the way until the little corners, the little city, little villages. Well, yeah, man, because, like, why the hell I was listening I was, I was listening to Joe Rogan 
And it was an interesting point. But I brought it up. I brought that point to myself. He was talking about like going in Thailand in the middle of nowhere, seeing a Burger King there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why is that there? Why? Because of the American influence, right? They put it there for their people that go travel. They try to, everywhere that they go, they need to have their, they need to inspect. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not to say, okay, I'm going to another country. Let me try out this country's, you know, their delicacies. Let me adapt to the way, the, the way of life that they have. No, let's Americanize it. You know what I mean? So yeah, of course it's global. And it'll continue to be global as long as all these major corporations and, you know, these other, and these, and these countries are willing to sell their people out and sell out their own, you know, their, their own standards, you know, for, for money. But America's still going to stay America as long as right. somebody else doesn't take their place. Now, the most logical switch would have been China, but China is so enclosed uh-huh. among them because they have the money, they have the power, they have the population. Not just that. They're not from, you're like, people can't trust them on a global scale. Even though it's not like you can trust Americans, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is China is, if you, you think America's full of secrets? You know what I mean? Like China, we know absolutely nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> no, Americans don't know nothing about China. But when you go to Asia, they know. Again, it, Trevor Noah said this last time. He's like, what's so interesting, the minute he came to America was, Americans are obsessed by Americans. Oh, yeah, for sure. Every other country in the world have local news and have international news. United States of America have American news and American news related to other countries. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. it. <laughs> get, get, that, that's my point here. So he's like... He's like, it's really incredible. That's why they're not that well-rounded in the sense of other cultures. Oh, yeah, they have nothing. They know nothing when it comes to other cultures. You know, you could go anywhere in Africa or South America that went to basic school and give them, you know, a map, and they can tell you where most big countries are. Go and see an American. My, oh, my. I know this. No, but that's my point here. So they're so obsessed and so self-centered to them that they don't need to. The problem with China is China closed all communication right they have their own youtube their own google their Facebook, own... We, yeah Weibo, whatever exactly yeah. so they don't want they don't want to conquer the world they want to completely control their population and keep in mind we're talking about what 1.6 billion and when i when you say they want to like i get that of course they do want to control their population but at the same time with owning like pretty much half of the world's debt at the same time that's a way of controlling the world as well but then, yeah, don't think that don't think that their interests are not in terms of like you know dominating certain aspects of the world. Otherwise, why would they not? Why are they in Africa? Why are they in like so many countries in the Caribbean? Why like so? No, but they're ninjas. But they're ninjas. They don't need yeah. the recognition. They don't need to shine. No, of course not. They just they don't want to shine, conquer. but they still want to control. That's no, what but I'm they saying. want it's money. Not people, but they want money. Yeah, but what does money get? What, what does money bring? I'll tell you what, they have like generations of mortgages. So I'm guessing they want to get those mortgages paid at one point because they have so much debt among themselves. They have generation mortgages. So you can be born in debt. Yeah. So I'm guessing, and again, they have the labor for it. I'm not saying it's the best conditions, but they have the labor for it. They have the money. They don't have any more room. So what they do is instead of coming with their fancy this and fancy that, they just come work, do what they got to do, take the money, take the debt, take the favor, and just bounce. Akon gave so much electricity to Africa because of the Chinese. 
They gave him. I know. I know. They were the they were the only one that would that would allow that would give him the that would invest with him. Yeah, the line of credit thing. Uh, I I think it was like five billion dollars or something like that. Oh, something crazy. Yeah, something crazy. And Akon gave it to them. But they didn't do it out of the goodness of their own heart. But okay, there was a caveat to that. So (laughs) so again, they saw the business plan. They saw the potential. They're like, hey, this guy's an icon. Akon, icon in Africa. So they're like, hey, it's a tiny investment. <laughs> That's literally what they did. And it came back to them, what, five time fold? That five billion. I don't know the numbers, but that, I mean, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. And it did so much good to Africa. And now the Americans and the Europeans, you know, the ones that had shotgun on Africa, they're like, yo, yo, we don't agree with this bullshit. It has to go through <laughs> us first. We had shotgun on this land. So that's where China actually has a good side. Now, again, is it better or worse? Meanwhile, side note, like the treatments of Africans who are in China currently right now is atrocious, just to let you know, because yeah, like but, a lot of them, yeah. Okay, but no, okay. I'm talking about with regards to the coronavirus as well, expelling people from, you know, like uh, kicking them out of hotels, not letting them to be in a lot of certain establishments because they're saying that they're carrying coronavirus. Uh, come on, let's, let's, not, let's not start with any type of revisionist history here. And this is what they're doing. And what I like is that there actually are some because I, I believe in like us all as a people needing to work together. However, I'm not also someone that's blind. Yeah, I could be a little bit of Martin Luther King Jr., but I got Malcolm X in me as well. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll fucking stop a motherfucker down that's not doing what's right. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, like I love seeing African countries that are standing up to this shit. You know what I mean? That are saying, you know what? I reject your fucking loan. Take that. Release my people. Do you think you know? that changes what I- anything for them? I don't care. That's the thing. Whether it changes anything or not is irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, when you see people who are standing up, mm-hmm. that's going to inspire others to stand up. So maybe one country in Africa is not enough, but if two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all the other countries in Africa start seeing the other ones actually standing up and doing something about it, yeah, then you start caring because you start caring when it starts hitting your pocket. And that's what the American people forget and they don't think, they don't know. You hit these motherfuckers in their pocket. You understand? Right now, they're hurting. The economy is hurting. They don't have that, like, the money that the black people that spend on the most ridiculous shit, because, you know, obviously, like, you know, we all know, money does not stay within the black community quick. It stays in basically, like, about an hour. Whereas in other communities, it doesn't. But right now, there's no spending, in the in like, from the black community. Hence why they're in such a rush to open up in places like Georgia. Like places where they're focused, like businesses are really focused to a lot of black-centric areas or minority-centric areas. You understand? So once we start realizing, like, your life doesn't matter as a minority or as someone of lower class, however, your money does. You know what I mean? Yeah, Once we start realizing that. that and start applying that, we're going to start seeing changes. And that's not just with regards to America, that's with regards to China, that's with regards to wherever else in the world. I just, you know, my only thing is it may not happen in our generation, but we still need people to spark that. You know what I'm saying? We can't just say nothing's going to happen. You think that's going to change things? No, we can't do that. No, no, no. You should, you should still be believing in that. But truth be told, the rich are getting richer and of the poor course, are getting poor. But they're getting, richer off of the, they're getting richer off of the poor. If the poor starts basically realizing I'm spending all these monies on Jays, I'm spending monies on all these things that are not pushing forward are not bringing value to me. Okay. So you're not going to be making the rich richer anymore. So so let me put it this way. So you're a poor guy in a poor neighborhood, right? You need to feed your family. 
your kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you have a local market I, that sells something. I don't need the brand new Jays, though. No, no. Okay, fair enough. But you're going to go and shop at Walmart. You're not going to go and shop at the local of store. Of course you are. Of course you saying. are. But at the same time, let's say, for example, in that same neighborhood, because they do have to, you have your local like black entrepreneur who's opening up a business. His prices may be slightly higher. It may be slightly higher. Why? Because he doesn't have the same distributors. No, sure. He doesn't have the same, you know, his rent, unfortunately, because of zoning, it's going to be higher. They're going to make his rent higher. The loans at the bank make him, make, make him pay more, right? As opposed to these other places, right? No, but the but thing is for the black community in the States, they have to own more. Own their building, I, I, own their houses, own their apartments. Agreed. And, but the thing is, they need to do, the reason, my, that's why it comes down for me, it comes down to conditioning, right? And not knowing. Well, now we can't, we can't, use, the, we can't use the excuse of I didn't know anymore because access to the internet, we all know what's going on these days. So it's really conditioning. They're used to going to the, you know, going to buy whatever like there is from like the Chinese market or going to the, the Lebanese market or this or that or this. If someone in the black, you know, someone in the black community opens up something, they don't really go there. They'll just complain. Ah, uh, you know, his prices are too high. All these, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, how about you start investing in this man? Invest in that. And then his prices, once he starts actually making a profit, he can hire better distributors. And then he could actually be able to, like, no, you the know... Lo- the logic is there. That's how the Jewish community survived and actually developed so fast. Jewish community, Chinese community, bro. Like, I have a lot of respect for how they operate. Exactly. Even though a lot of the times it's built off the back of my people, the thing is, I still well, because, have to give props because to Because they're, the they're the easiest one to, to actually... Absolutely. Mani- I'm not going to stay here uh, That's it. So that's my point. All these third world countries... The Latinos, the Arabs, well, the Arabs, depending on where they come from. Depending on where. Yeah, yeah depending, exactly. on, depending on where. But the Latinos, the blacks, even if you go to Africa, for example, I was in Senegal, the Lebanese conquered that place. Oh, bro, Lebanese, the, Syrians, yo. Because the thing they is, because I was talking to them, to the Lebanese community in Senegal and everything, and they're like, yeah. Africans are not good with money. They were never no. raised to be good at money. So we no. come out of nowhere. And we teach them how to make money. And they work under us. It's as simple as that. I know. Simple this as that. It's not something good that you're telling me. Like I, say, like I, I, like I just had a conversation with my wife this morning because she was talking about my, uh, my goddaughter who's like 12 years old. Because mm-hmm. my wife right now is doing like a course on McGill about like, you know, just in terms of like financial, like um, financial literacy, stuff like that. Just and investing and stuff like that just for herself. And she's going through it. She's like, yo, I want to give this to Lorena, who is my, my goddaughter. I want her to study this. You know, I'm like, she's 12. My argument was like, I'm like, she's 12. She's not going to get it the way that you're getting it. She's like, I don't care. And she's like, the fact of the matter is, you know, she loves money. She kind of understands the basis of money right now, but she doesn't understand fully in terms of debt, in terms of credit cards, all these different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I sat and I'm like, fuck, it's so true. Like in high school. Yeah. We may have had like home economics, but nothing ever prepared us to actually be ready for the actual, the, the, the world out there. And I'm just talking from a black perspective, audition on top of that, parents at home, you know, they were working hard, struggling, you know, doing everything that they had to do to put food on the table. They didn't really have the time to sit there and educate us on the rest of the stuff that they were actually falling, they were becoming, they were, be, they were victims too. As well as the same put it time. This, put it this way. If I give you a cliche stereotype about the Jews, they're all lawyers or they work in jewelry, right? Yeah. So those two businesses, lawyers, because if you have the law in your pocket, 
you'll find a way those loopholes. Yeah. And then jewelry is something that doesn't lose that much value. So it's a constant value, right? Yeah. So if you put it this way, our scholar system, right? I went all the way to university, studied and stuff like that. They never teach you how to do your taxes. Nope. How to do mortgage ta- comparison, everything nope. that has to do with basic survival skills. You know, Actual to, real life survival. Exactly. Yeah. They'll teach you how to have a small and big book for businesses that you cannot own, ironically speaking. <laughs> that's so true. But that's it. So they, they prepare you at school. Financial literacy for, is a thing. For you Financial to work for somebody literacy. else. <laughs> of course, because that's what, that's what, that's what the, that's what the, um, that's what, that's what it is. That's what education is right now. It's about teaching you how to be a better worker, you know, a better employee. Um, not being able to, it doesn't teach our people or people in general how to succeed for themselves. And unfortunately, some people are at more of a disadvantage because of, you know, certain, like whether the stereotypes you want to say is true or not, but like certain, like, how can you say, generational handicaps, you know what I mean? And some people have to have like legs, a leg up on the situation. But what I just want to circle back and say is ultimately, we're talking globally, we're talking, we, we could talk about locally or whatever it is. It's all it has to do with money. And until we can actually realize, and this is not just black people, but people in general, until we can realize we control a lot more in terms of like the government, the officials that we elect, the, the, where we put our money. We have a lot more to say than we know, than we're a lot, than, than we allow ourselves to believe. No, that, that's 100%. Don't. Now, before we finish this podcast, I want to ask you a question. But before I ask yes, you the sir. question, I just want you to put, I want to put you in perspective. So you understand. I'm always I'm, in perspective, baby. Don't worry. No, no. For, for you I'm to listening. go to, to understand where I'm going with this. So yeah. Montreal is the perfect example of education, culture, background, and ambitions. Right? Yeah. So for the exception of the Italians that, that were here a lot earlier than most waves of immigrants. Yeah. Right. The Algerian wave came a lot, a, a lot more after the Asian wave. They came later. They came okay. a lot later, like mid nineties, early 2000. That's us. Yeah. Asians were here way before. Okay. Uh, the Asians were there around the same time as the Asians, from what I understood, like the big wave mm-hmm. of Asians. Okay. Yeah. So explain to me then, right? Greeks, all these communities and stuff like that. Explain to me how most nations have their businesses already, most, I'm generalizing again, yet the black community is struggling. The so people. what you're doing is you're doing two, you're, you're, just, you're asking me to answer for Haitians and you're asking me to answer for black people. I can't. I can't answer for the Haitian community because I'm not part of the Haitian community. However, I could watch. give you a certain, I could give you, I can give you a perspective on things. So a lot of these communities that you talked about mm-hmm. that came in later, they learned about pooling resources together. So we're talking about some like an Asian community. They don't come here with nothing. In Haitian community, unfortunately, in a lot of situations, they're fleeing from, you know, certain, certain conditions that they were in, in that country, and they're coming here with not much in their pocket. Okay. But other communities, even though they're leaving their country, they're uh-huh. still leaving the country for a lot, in a, in a lot of cases, in good standing for most parts. They have family that may have some money. They may have already friends that are here that help them set up and help them move forward for things. But unfortunately, and like I said, once again, I'm not, I can't speak for the Haitian community as whole. I'm just speaking from the experience, the black experience. 
that is the case. That is what happens. A lot of them come here with nothing. They come here with no one in mind, with no one, okay, right? So, so, Whereas so, other communities, they move together. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But just to, to clarify one thing, by law, yes, you sir? cannot come here with more than $10,000 in your pocket, right? Mm, my man. Wait, 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 wait. Well, I'm, just, I'm just starting with the basics here. So, I'm, you know how many fucking people I know that came here with nothing? Yeah, we were one of those. Okay. We were one of those. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm but just saying. Thing, oh, bro, like, keep, keep that's keep all $10,000 thing. I don't know, bro. <laughs> no, no, but it is by law. Now, again, there's cheat codes. There's way oh, to Lord. hustle and this and that. Now, keep in mind, when we came here in 1993, we were five people living in a one and a half. Mm-hmm. The struggle was real. My mother was cleaning toilets. My mom came alone. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. Again, I know. I just want. I just want to paint the picture. I'm not. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm here not to. I'm not here to compare case by case. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I can I'm only give you my example. My, my I, can only, I can just give you my example and the people that I know or that I was raised with, right? I have a friend of mine that came from uh, Zaire, mm-hmm. right? Came here. His father went on a crazy rush, studied, became a lawyer, sacrificed. He had five kids at home. He sacrificed a lot. Out of the five kids now, three work for the government. One is a biochemist. One is in jail. Like I said, good average. Four out of five were actually really, really good. Get what I'm saying? So now they came with nothing too. And I know African families usually come with a lot of kids. Us were just three, but we come with a lot of luggage and stuff like that. The struggle was real. In my parents' case, what was even worse was my father's educated. And the problem, yeah, Keb, and, and problem in Montreal for him was he was, he was over, overly qualified. Yeah. So that was double. And that happens a lot too. Don't yes, get it twisted. Sure. I met a lot of cab drivers that were doctors yeah, or dentists yeah. and stuff like that in their country. 90% so. of my clients at my daycares are doctors that are working as nurses now. Yeah. Or cab drivers, like you said, or they own pizza places. And again, Don't get it twisted. I know that, man. Trust me. And I'm not. And it's not just. It's not just the black community. Trust no, me. No, no, no. But that, that's the thing. So I see a lot of parents right through the daycares. I have a lot of immigrants. So we have 40 kids. Out of the 40 kids, well, there's a pair of parents that have two kids. But in general, I think last time I checked, we were like 22 nations, just to give you an idea. And yeah. everybody, well, most of them, ironically speaking, have their own um, hustle, I guess, right? So doctors sadly stayed in the medical field because they felt the most comfortable. Some people went into investment and real estate and stuff like that early on. And those are the ones that are the most happiest because you don't need to go to school. You just need to know that if you buy something at a profit and you sell it at a profit, you're making money. (laughs) My uncle always said this, and he's a pure businessman. He still lives in Algeria. He always said, it's super easy to be a millionaire. You have to buy a million sheeps and sell them a dollar profit. <laughs> he just doesn't tell you how to buy the million sheeps first. But again, <laughs> but it comes back. To, but it comes back to the whole um, eBay thing. I don't know if you remember that that mythical story. It actually did happen. It seems because I checked it out, where this guy started selling some tiny ass shit, slowly but surely, and made profit. Yeah, sounds familiar. He, I mean, he, that's kind of like how Amazon started too. That's right? it. So. Well, he was selling books. Right, but this guy yeah. was an individual like me and you. He went, I think it was like this warehouse that was selling, it was uh, foreclosing or whatever, and he bought those um, clips for uh, for sheets. So he sold yeah. them like let's just say fifteen cents a profit. He had like a million of those. Then with that, he bought some flutes. He sold them to schools at like sixty cents a profit. Then he made Dude, that's, 
That's Gary V. You know Gary V? Yeah, but he went with wine. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying, but even when he talks to people, like he just says the same thing that you're saying right now because yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, he's from that, school, he's from that school of thought. You know, but whatever it is, whatever you have, flip it. Yeah. As so, long as you're making a profit out of it, absolutely, you're doing good. And real estate here in Canada now, real estate is not a general thing for everywhere in the world, but no. here in Montreal specifically, it's gold. Now, I know people are like, yeah, but you need money to make money. And I understand one million. And this is true. And I have five friends that bought a duplex together. They each put four thousand each. Four thousand is nothing. Nothing. Now, but four thousand is still something for some people. Like for <laughs> for you know, I mean, we're it's, lucky it's, enough to say that four thousand is nothing. Some, it's it's yeah. a lot for somebody that does not have a plan. If you're working well, to no, save, no. wait, 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 wait. Come on, man. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah. So, so I'm working. I'm struggling. At one point, when I was younger, I had three jobs. I didn't mind. I wasn't sleeping, but I had a purpose. I was working because I wanted to save money for a trip. Now, you say yeah. 5,000 is a lot for some people. I totally it agree. Is. As long as you're working and as long as you have a purpose to save, if you put $5 aside, $10 aside, right? $100 aside, eventually you will save up that money. We're in Montreal. Honestly, I, wish, I, wish, I wish it were that simple for some people. I'm just saying, I'm not everyone. You're right. But we're talking here lot. in Montreal. I'm not talking about it's, this little village in Zimbabwe now. Here, huh? But I'm not. I'm not either. Okay. I'm not either. There are people here in Montreal that are, that are struggling. You know that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I there know are people who why are, are they struggling? <laughs> why are they struggling? Well, I don't know about, I don't know if you know, but there are actually some companies that hire, like I'm not going to name the company, but we could talk about that off. Like they actually pay lower than the minimum wage okay, right now. Enough. And people McDon don't have Mc any other choice. Mc McDonald's is hiring, right? Tim Hortons is hiring. Yeah. I get it, but some people don't have, at that point in time, they only speak like one language. They don't have the multiple. I'm not saying that it should be like that, but unfortunately, they're stuck in a situation where they don't, they don't, they can't learn the, uh, they can't learn French at this point in time, right? No, but okay, so, so at the end of the day, you have to I'm help me help you. I'm just saying there's a lot you. of factors. Yeah, you have to help But there's me. always factors. No, no, but there's always factors again, but that's what, 10% of the population? I don't know. I can't say, bro. I, right. I, I would no, love no, to be okay. able to throw a number. But keep in mind, let's let's put it clear, except the refugees and stuff like that. If you're coming uh -huh. voluntarily to Canada, knowing the two languages they speak is French and English, mm -hmm. don't give me this bullshit of language barrier. Go to school, go and learn. Like, oh, we, we all nah. do that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't really sit here and agree with that, but I can understand what you're saying. No, but I don't need you to agree. Again, the and once again, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I can't agree, and I know you don't need me to agree, and I don't need to agree. Yeah. However, I can understand it. Is what I'm telling they, you. They pay you to go to school here, to learn a new other language, and that's no bullshit. They pay Look, you. I, I, I to know go that. To school. I know that, but like once again, you know, unfortunately, there's always other factors. If you have kids, the money that they're paying you cannot be enough. You don't. We don't know. We don't know everyone's situation, so you cannot no, but, talk okay, about but, it as one global, one solution for all. It's I'm not generalizing one size here. All. I'm generalizing. You can't, though. We can't. We can't in, in this situation because it's not one size at all. There's yeah, so I many get, other factors. But, but I get that 100, but wait. When we generalize, again, there's always yeah. going to be exceptions. There's always going to be things going through the cracks. Again, my point being is in general, when I mean general, we're talking about more than 50%. You're not going to make me believe that more than 50% are people that have a lot of kids and are welfare. I'm not going to make you believe language. that either. But that's what you I'm know? saying. Because even the immigration 
process right now, except for the refugees again, I'm going to say it again. Most immigrants that come in here speak or English or French to start with. And that's been like this for the past 20 years. Yeah, depending on what country they're coming from. Exactly. Obviously. That's why there's a lot of Algerians, Moroccans, because they do speak French back home. Right. That's why there's Asians, or uh, there's so many Asians here, because the Creole is not too far away and they actually speak French, right? Yeah. And then you have these other countries, islands and stuff like that, Jamaicans, they speak English. Yeah. So that's why. So I, it's, I can generalize. I feel like it's easily more than 50% of the people that come here. Language is not a barrier. Now, even if it would be, they're paying you for this. And now if you're two, well, you come with your kids. Now, there's always going to be that exception like your mom. She came here alone with two kids, right? No, she, she came here alone first. I was back. My, my oh, okay. brother, she yeah, met my, right. my, 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 my dad here and everything. So like she that. came here to pretty much prepare your to, guys. To get works. a better life for, for me. Yeah, prepare exactly. for me and everything like that. Yeah. But absolutely. you see, so she had a plan. She spoke English. She spoke English, correct. Okay. She came to Montreal, though? She did. Was there a specific yeah. particular reason or? Um, like, unfortunately, I don't know, like, the full okay. uh, story because, you know, we didn't get to have that actual conversation, you know? Mm. Uh, oh, because maybe it's friends or family you guys had here. So she was like, it's more familiar. Yeah, so like, I okay. think she might have known, maybe, like, known one person that came here. And that person helped her get, like, a, like, helped her, like, a job with cleaning houses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But she was able to. You know, with her doing that, she was able to actually build a life, you know, um, for me. And then, you know, well, be able, you know, sending money back home, take care of herself here, stuff like that, you know. But what I'm just saying is, like, some people, it's not as simple because it's not, it's not, as, she had, she worked for good people, you know. Yeah, yeah. But some people don't, you know what I mean? I, like, I totally that, understand that. that. You know what I, I mean? I totally understand that. But again, like people that get bankrupt, right? I know two guys yeah. that are bankrupt completely. Right, and that doesn't even mean the end of it, eh? Like bankruptcy doesn't mean shit. No, but they were bad. Like they were minus, well, minus, minus. So we talking about like personal or like personal, business? personal. Okay, okay. So they okay. were game over. They have no credit, no nothing. Now today, right, right. ten years later, because I think it's ten years that you have that little, you know, red flag. Is it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I thought I thought it was like seven or something, but yeah, maybe. But it's I'm around those sure. numbers, seven plus. Yeah, right? something like that. It's okay. not. It's not short. Now, now today, this guy works for a company. He has his own house, has his girlfriend, whatever. Like I said, he was depressed for a while. Yet, I feel that we're lucky and privileged here in Montreal specifically because I cannot speak in other countries or any cities right now. But I can tell I you right now. We are privileged here. Montreal cannot, people cannot be, especially people that are here that speak the language, right? From the basics, there's hustles, there's jobs everywhere. Squeegees, kids that just, clean your fucking car in the street make a lot of money yeah and that's why they keep on doing it because I always look non at them non-taxable like, non-taxable benefits <laughs> exactly no because there was a documentary and they were making like it was a it was a ridiculous amount I think it was well, like well panhandlers a, dude like I, like we, I used to know a guy in LaSalle who was a panhandler yeah. he would every day at the metro be collecting money and then one day a me and my friends we saw this guy driving off in this I think at the time it was like a Jeep Cherokee And that was like back in like 2001, 2002. And we were like, what the fuck? When you see this guy, he would look, he looked disheveled, you know? So you're like, oh, we always gave him money. But then we see him like, you know, driving, we, we see him actually leaving in a Jeep Cherokee. We're like, hold on, wait a minute. First of all, the cost of gas. Secondly, that thing is like actually in pretty good condition. And it looks like almost brand new. 
Like so that's how we knew. I'm like, yo, panhandlers, they 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 make money. So so let me let me give you a true story, and I'm pretty much sure Hanny knows who I'm talking about. So there was this. Well, it's literally a legend. I met the guy. I've seen the guy. <laughs> okay. I was a little bit younger though. Uh, was in Shamiri. This old guy always had this car that he was pushing, and he was always picking up cans. You know how cans are yeah. five cents and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would do this literally five five days a week. It was like his day job. He was an old guy, like early seventies, easily. Right. He would pick up cans all the time, bags and bags and bags, go through the garbages and everything like that. We found out afterwards that that guy was a millionaire. He didn't become a millionaire because of that, but he. Kept but he was doing, already a millionaire. Yeah. So oh, not. He was doing it for whatever reason that might be. People made fun of him sometimes. You know, kids are mean and stuff like that. He looked poor. Again, he wasn't going to wear a suit and tie to go and pick up cans. He would go through the garbages, the festivals. You would always see him with his card and just pick up because there was like these little events at the parks in Shamiri. And he would come and just pick up the cans, put them in the bag, go to the Metro, uh, not the Metro, Provigo on Curie Labelle. And he would just, you know, put, put it through the machine. Chop, 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 chop. And then we find out, because we found out where he lived. Because somebody was like, yo, you know that guy's rich, huh? I'm like, what? I'm like, stop it. That's a myth. He's like, no, let's go. He showed me the house. The guy was balling. I don't know if it was an activity. I've seen, was... I've, I've, heard, I've heard about those things too. So I know, I know they're not just urban legends. It's true. Like, I mean, there's, there's a reason why the rich stay rich too, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. But that was my point here. Like in Montreal, especially now, our generations, right? Like the first generation I can understand, like our parents, the first ones that arrived here, I can get it. Yeah. But look at Italians. They got real estate everywhere now. Greeks got yeah. real estate everywhere. Because even the Indians, Pakistani, they took a neighborhood, stuck together, and pretty yeah. much conquered it all. And that's what's going on. So there's like a I little think- bit. This this is another conversation because we can stay another yeah, hour yeah, on this. For sure, for sure. But for I'll sure. be like, I'm 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 happy to talk to you about like the the you know the the other reasons behind all of that. You oh, know no, no, I mean? no. I know there's uh, reasons. So. Uh, and again, this is not to degrade or to criticize any culture. No, I love it's everybody. Just, it's just a point of view. It's just you seeing it from a specific it's, vantage it's point, an and me seeing it from a different one. And it's yeah. And again, there's a lot of people that I went to school with. Right, we had the same education, same class, same thing. And I look at them today, and I look at me today. And I look yeah. at them and whatever and others, and I'm like, wow, some made it. Some made it very well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Some still, you know, struggled. And I'm like, but why did you guys struggle? Now, bad decisions, bad luck. Yeah. You can add many things to it. Some people just settle for less, too. Some That's people true. are okay with pay to pay. They don't need to think about providing support for the kids later on. In the future, yeah. So, again, well, I come from a family. We come from a culture that we always live Or the youngs. We always. So we always build to give to our kids and our little kids. Like yeah. I listen to my mom. She's like, I'm working for my little kids. That's what she tells me all the time. That's what she does until this day. That's culturally <laughs> us. You see it a yeah. lot with the Lebanese too. You see it a lot with uh, Africans. Africans like black Africa I'm I talking know. about. They're yeah, very yeah, generation family. Well, they stick to family to the end. You'll never see exactly. an African in a retirement home. That's not going to happen. No, exactly. I know that. So, so it's a lot of family. It's a lot of sticking together, building together, and then. Well, even 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 Caribbean West Indian, you won't see you won't see like you won't see a lot of them like in they won't even. I don't know don't a lot of I don't, money. I don't know no, a lot I'm, of Caribbeans. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying from my grandfather, even though they won't have like the money as let's say for example like uh, like African families or whatever. 
um, they they'll never abandon their you know the 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 older generation. They'll live with them until you know until whenever until the end at that point in time. But the I common mean, factor that I noticed was those cultures that are the most generous, even though they have little, are usually the ones that are more family oriented. Absolutely. So, on that note, my brother, this was a pleasure. I liked it. It was a good conversation today. It was, yeah, we, I could have went on for like hours, honestly. Me too. <laughs> me too. That's the problem. And you know that already. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we both could go on for, for hey. things that, you know, we're actually passionate about. You there's, know what I mean? There's many podcasts to come. We're not going yes, anywhere, right? Ain't that the truth. So have yourself an Step amazing day. And you too, my uh, man. I'll be talking to you extremely soon. Yes, sir. You be Take good. Take care. Man. Ciao. Thanks for having me, man. Ciao. Oh